Hello and welcome to Z3 News. I'm James Bailey and today is Friday, July 19th, 2019. The topic I want to share today is the transformation of the world by 2036. And I know right off the bat, just mentioning the year 2036 is probably causing a problem for a lot of people because there are many people think the Lord's coming back before that. But I want to share some points that I think you'll find interesting if you can hang in there and, and hear me out on this because there's a whole wide range of timelines, prophetic timelines, that people are claiming that they've heard from God, and it ranges all the way from God's coming back next month or next year. Uh, a lot of times they'll set a specific date, like he's coming back September 21st this year, and they'll tell their followers if you don't believe what I'm telling you, you'll be left behind. And whenever you hear something like that, that is pure manipulation. And it's time to turn that off and tune them out. On the other extreme, there are those who are saying he's not coming back for at least a couple hundred years, probably longer. So all these people who are claiming that we're living in the end times are deceived and are spreading confusion and trust me on this I know because I went to heaven and an angel uh, showed me all these things well those are two extremes okay but what they both have in common neither are relying on the scriptures and I'm amazed how many people are persuaded by them simply on the basis of trust me you know my name's Joe Blow and I've heard from God so trust me and do as I say well we've been given the scriptures as the authority for judging every prophetic word and the scriptures tell us so many things about the future it's amazing how many chapters of the scriptures are devoted to uh, future end-time events. And so that's another thing is people will say, you know, you don't need to, you don't need to worry about all that. And, you know, I just want to follow God. I don't, I don't care about, you know, knowing all the end-time prophecies. Well, if you want to follow God, then you should be paying attention to what God has said in his word many chapters so anyone who claims to be a follower of God should be interested in what he's interested in and should be paying attention to what he told us to be paying attention to you know he rebuked the people Jesus rebuked the people during his generation who didn't know the signs of the times they knew the signs of the sky to uh, understand the weather forecast but he rebuked them because they didn't know the prophetic signs of the times that they were living in. Now he said we're not going to know the day or the hour, and that's true, but he expects us to know the season, or else he would not have told us all the signs to watch for and given us the instructions that the generation that sees these signs will not all pass away until they're all fulfilled. 
and that's in Matthew 24, verse 33 and 34. And I just want to say, this is kind of a pet peeve of mine because it really bothers me that people that have been walking with God for many, many years pay more attention to what some prophet said than what the words of the scriptures say. And that's a sure formula for disaster and wrong expectations and misunderstanding because everything must be based in the scriptures first and we sort out the prophetic based on that not the other way around and so this is why in my book I provided exhibit 24 which is 38 things that must happen before the Lord returns and I'm sure there are more than 38 but those are just the ones I found and many of those are major events that are going to happen over a period of years. For example, the tribulation period. Jesus said in Matthew 24 verses 29 through 31 that his return and the rapture which he described in those verses happens after the tribulation. He couldn't have said it any clearer than he did after the tribulation. Well, the tribulation, we're told in Revelation 13, it's 42 months, three and a half years. Okay, that has to happen before he returns, and that's just one thing. Now, before the tribulation begins, um, there is a period that he talked about called birth pangs. And that's in Matthew 24, verses 4 through 14. And within the birth pangs are many different events that occur. And he described them that way because they come with intensity. And then there's a time span where things seem to calm down. And then they return. The pain comes back more intense. And the, it's like those contractions that come closer together as you get closer to the delivery. Uh, until you finally reach this point where it's just like all hell breaking loose and that's when he's coming back and he said in verse 8 of that chapter that all those troubles are just the beginning of the trouble that's coming so all that has to happen and he described the specific events like famines and wars and pestilences and earthquakes in various places and I documented eight signs in my book that I believe we have convincing evidence that we've started seeing the fulfillment of eight of the signs that he mentioned, which shows that the birth pangs have started, but they're still happening. We're not done with them yet. And the reason I say that is because of the 38 things that must happen before he returns and in that exhibit I broke them down into those that are birth pangs and those that happen during the tribulation but there are still some major events major major events that must happen before we get done with the birth pangs and I believe it has to do with this transformation of the world by 2036 because we're given a very clear picture of what the world looks like during the tribulation and it's radically different than what we see today which tells you that this transformation process it's not over yet 
there's a lot of things that have to happen because for one thing when you when you read like revelation 13 you don't see any one nation dominating world events in fact you don't even see nations so the scenario we see today with the united states and china and you know these superpower nations and the, then you have the federal reserve bank um, controlling the world currency you have the dollar as the world's reserve currency you don't see any of that in revelation 13 you have a one world government with a global currency that's cashless that's handled by electronic transactions through a mark that's implanted in people's hand or forehead and you have a global religion so you know we don't see that today yet either and there are many other events major events still to come during the birth pangs and some of those are described in Revelation chapter 6 where you have the four riders on horses uh, releasing war an economic collapse and a death to a fourth of the earth we haven't seen any of those kind of major events happen and they sound like events that could definitely take some time uh, as the world undergoes all kinds of severe trouble and all of that is necessary to set the stage for the rise of the global government so that people are so uh, desperate for answers that they turn and embrace the Antichrist who who comes on the scene with solutions that he claims to have the answers so you know for people to give up their national sovereignty and join this uh, global governance or submit themselves to the global governance and to give up their their uh, currencies and their religion and all of these things there's going to have to be quite a shaking so all of those things have to happen and that's why you know when people say the Lord's coming back next month it's just nonsense when he's coming back next year those these things that are recorded in the scriptures are huge uh, events many of them and another one is the construction of the the third temple in Jerusalem there's a lot of scriptures that specifically talk about uh, events that are going to happen there so that that must come so all of that is just background for what I want to share next which is some prophetic insights into events coming in the future years but I wanted to give that overview because on the one hand you have events that are already showing the fulfillment of signs that Jesus told us to watch for that lets us know that we are in the season of his return but on the other hand you have many scriptural events that must still happen before he comes so we're getting there but we're not there yet and the reason why I included part two in the book was to show that part one is relevant for our generation that this remnant that I'm describing in part one is not way off in the distant future but it's happening in our generation this righteous remnant is now arising and so I think it's important to see you know to pay attention to the signs that he told us to to watch and one of the biggest ones was the restoration the rebirth of, of modern Israel that event 
not only did it fulfill many prophetic signs, but it also marked the acceleration in the fulfillment of many other signs. And I didn't understand that as well when I started writing the book, but as I did, I found so many confirmations of things that began to accelerate events that happened in the decade of the 60s, right around that 1967 date when the Jewish people reclaimed Jerusalem. So I believe that is the prophetic marker that marks the beginning of the Messianic end times, the beginning of the season of the Lord's return, and since Jesus said the generation that sees these signs fulfilled will not all pass away before they're all fulfilled, well then that brings us to the question, what is a generation? And the answer, I believe, is found in Psalms 90, verse 10, where it says the days of our lives are 70 years, and if by reason of strength they are 80 years. And after that we fly away. So if you put all that together and you start with 1967 and add 70 to 80 years, you come to 2037 to 2047 as a potential window of when the Lord might be returning. And I find that timeline interesting too because of what I'm about to share, several different prophetic uh, insights that people have sent me just random pieces of information but they all support that timeline and the first one came from a Z3er named Port Bear and he shared that back in the 1970s when he was a child he received a prophetic vision in which he was shown a transformation of the world that would begin in the year 2000 and would be completed by the year 2036. And he shared that he didn't understand that until years later and he got excited about it when he heard a prophetic vision and timeline shared by prophet Terry Bennett because he said it aligned closely with the timing that he was shown. Now, not only does his timeline align perfectly with that window of the Lord's return that I just described from 2037 to 2047, but we now have the benefit of hindsight because that's a 36-year period and we're now a little over halfway through it. So we can already look back and see what has happened since the year 2000 and Sure enough, the world has been dramatically changed. It started in large part after the attack on 9-11-2001, which not only caused global markets to tank, but it resulted in all sorts of follow-up actions that included the Patriot Act, where American citizens voluntarily surrendered many of our liberties to give our government greater uh, control in the, in the areas of surveillance and launching a global war on terror which is an undefined enemy uh, it's not a sovereign nation 
it's a total redefinition of warfare that has no end in sight because there's always the potential of some bad guys being out there so they can justify this ongoing uh, assault on whoever they decide is a bad guy and another uh, direct result of the 9-11 attacks was the development of fusion centers in every state in the United States in which various government agencies are all fused into one to monitor not foreign enemies but the people living within each state so they're watching us and we've got uh, insights from whistleblowers like Edward Snowden that our government is now collecting all the data on every citizen in the United States regardless of whether you're a suspect of uh, some kind of connection to global terrorist threats they're monitoring and surveilling all of us through our listening devices and what they're doing is they're capturing 100 percent of our data and then they have computer programs that they use that can go back and search through that data to pull out what they want to uh, focus on if they want to target a certain individual and listen to his past uh, phone conversations read his emails text messages whatever they can also set up alerts so that if a certain individual uh, makes contact with another uh, particular individual they can immediately be informed and listen in on the conversation in real time those are the kinds of things that our government is now doing We're, the world is being transformed because it was only about 2005 and 2006 right around in there we started using smartphones and a wireless technology that was no longer encrypted and so from then on the combination of those events uh, and the the uh, reorganization of our government to uh, construct these fusion centers has created an environment where our government now has the ability to listen to us, record our conversations, and basically know everything that we're doing through our devices. And we all keep our devices within arm's reach pretty much all the time, at least I do. So that's just one example of how the world has already been transformed since 2000, but there's a lot more. There was a collapse of the housing market in 2008 that brought major changes in the global financial markets and has caused sovereign debt levels in many nations particularly in Europe Japan and the United States our debt levels have just skyrocketed since 2008 and they just keep climbing higher and higher every year and the markets ever since then the markets have been controlled by the central bank and so today the new normal in the markets is for everybody to wait on pins and needles to see what the feds gonna say because they have such power and influence over which way the markets are going to turn. One little word from them can change everything in a big way. And it wasn't that way before 2008. And so you have this centralized control over global markets that wasn't there before. And that's just another example. Another is uh, same-sex marriages. As recently as the year 2000, 
it was against the law in every state in the United States and in every nation in the world. It wasn't until 2001 it was legalized in the Netherlands. And then in 2003 it was legalized in Belgium. And in the United States it was legalized in Massachusetts in 2004. So you had, by the time Barack Obama was elected in November 2008, Massachusetts was the only state where it was legal. But by the end of his second term, it was legal in all 50 states. And many other nations quickly followed our example and have legalized it since then. So those are just a few examples, but I think we have a lot of evidence to support that what Port Bear saw back in the 70s, we're right on track to see the world completely transformed by 2036 because the changes are accelerating and the same way that they have already accelerated in the past 18 and a half years I believe that rate of acceleration is going to continue until the Lord returns and the changes that we are going to see over the next 18 or so years will be far greater than what we've seen over the last 18 and a half years. So I believe Port Bear heard correctly about the transformation of the world by 2036 and I have another very interesting confirmation that was shared with me last year by Z3er Ali Del Quinto and in 2015 in July she received a dream and at the time she received this dream she was 25 years old um, but in the dream she knew that she was older and she knew in the dream that it was the year 37 now at the beginning of the dream her mother tells her that on the third day of a summer month in 41 it will be your last day on earth Allie is a professional dancer and in the dream she understood that she was still at an age where she was dancing and able to dance. In 2037 she would be 52 years old. In 2041 she would be 56 years old. And what's interesting too is that since the time she was a child she had this sense of knowing that she was going to be living during the tribulation. So based on the word given to her by her mother in the dream that the third day of a summer month in 41 would be her final day on earth, well then the tribulation would begin or possibly be coming to a conclusion somewhere around that time period. And again I'm referring to the 42 month tribulation that's described in Revelation 13. This tribulation period is a time when God gives Satan the opportunity to do what he's wanted to do, gaining control over the earth through his lawless man of sin, the Antichrist, for 42 months. So that was the first scene of her dream. And then the scene changed, and she was at the White House standing outside with a large crowd of people, and she saw Barack Obama uh, walking up the stairs, entering the White House, passing white columns at the top of the stairs, and she understood he had been elected president for a third term 
but she also had the knowledge that it was not a consecutive term. Now, at the time she received the dream in 2015, he was still in the White House and could potentially have continued a third consecutive term. But in the dream, she knew it was a third term, but not consecutive. Now, as she saw Obama, he looked at her and she said he was definitely older and his hair was all shaved off so he was completely bald and he had a very serious look on his face and when she said that it reminded me of Daniel 8:23, which is a passage describing the Antichrist and the rise of his kingdom and it says a king shall arise having fierce features so the combination of being completely bald and having a very serious look seems to fit Daniel's description of fierce features. As Allie was standing in this crowd, she begins yelling to warn everyone, saying, this man is the Antichrist. But she said it felt like no matter how hard she tried to yell it, she was being muffled and she couldn't say it loud enough. And so she just kept shouting more and more. And finally people heard her, but nobody believed her and government officials approached her and told her no one's going to believe you but yet they looked at her in a way that relayed to her that confirmed that they knew that what she was saying was the truth and they told her that they needed to watch out for her because they did not want Obama's true identity to be revealed so they were trying to cover it up and silence anybody who threatened to reveal that secret information to the public. Now as Ali began shouting the warnings, people started dying. She was safe, but other people started dying and an angel came and visited her. And then many more angels came and joined the first one and she felt like she was being cleansed as they came and uh, washed, they actually were like washing all the evil out of her hair and she felt like she was made clean and new and she was filled with God's love and his grace and she also had the knowledge that as soon as Obama returned to the White House our country almost immediately encountered severe troubles I find it interesting that at the beginning of her dream she knew it was the year 37 because 2036 is an election year but the president would not take office until January of the following year which would be 37. Ali's dream confirms a revelation given to Mina Lee Greben which was posted on Z3 News a few years ago in which she was shown that Obama was going to usher our nation into the tribulation. And so when Ali sees trouble beginning shortly after he returns to the White House, that sounds like the another way of saying the same thing, the start of the tribulation. And I received a dream back in 2014 in which I saw Obama was the president but yet it seemed I had the knowledge in the dream that it was years into the future and so I believe I was seeing the same thing that Ali saw a later term in office for Obama 
that is not a consecutive term. And I was shown at the end of my dream Obama flying, leaving the nation under the pretense that he was going on a temporary trip overseas. But I knew that he was leaving permanently. And I was told he has completed his assignment. He is now going to his next assignment. And the Lord showed me afterwards that it was almost an identical but a counterfeit of what happened with the disciples when Jesus had completed his assignment during his first visit to earth and was ascending up into heaven and they're standing there looking up into the sky as he goes up and suddenly there were two men dressed in white standing next to them two angels who said to them men of Galilee why do you stand gazing up into heaven the same Jesus who was taken up from you into heaven will so come in like manner as you saw him go into heaven and so what they were saying and that's in Acts chapter 1 verse 11 what they were saying to the disciples is Jesus has now completed his assignment here but he will return because he has another assignment coming afterwards now I was not given any time perspective to know how long Obama was president during that time he was being called president by everybody that I spoke to in my dream but I wasn't told how long he was in office before he departed as I saw him flying away going over the uh, Atlantic Ocean toward Europe but what's interesting about Ali's dream is at the beginning she's shown that on the third day of a summer month in 41 will be your last day on earth that fits perfectly with what the Bible describes as happening during the tribulation because it's a time of severe persecution of Christians where many will be put to death and it sounds like a confirmation of what she knew as a child that she would live during the tribulation so how far into the tribulation she was it might have been right at the very beginning but it's interesting to me because her dream uh, reveals specific years and those years just happen to align with what Port Bear was shown transformation of the world by 2036 and it fits perfectly into the window the possible window of the Lord's return that I just wrote about in my book which was 2037 to 2047 because I believe the timing of his return he said Jesus said it comes after the tribulation the 42-month tribulation, if it's starting in the early 40s, uh, 2040s, then sometime, you know, around by the mid-2040s, perhaps, somewhere in that time frame, generally, is where he would be returning and uh, the rapture of the church and all of that. Now, I have two more very interesting confirmations of what Ali saw because Z3 News Administrator Rob Parrott received a dream in which he saw a major worldwide global market crash in 2039 and that fits perfectly with her description of Obama returning to office and a time of trouble followed soon afterwards. Now global financial market crashes are part of the birth pangs preceding the tribulations so what Rob saw is very scriptural. That's the 
uh, effects of the rider on the black horse in Revelation chapter 6. And I want to conclude with a confirmation that I received, and this gives me a, a framework so that when I hear uh, people sharing these other insights, that it makes sense to me because it fits what God has shown me personally. And I opted not to include this in the book because it's, uh, it's, it, is, it is about me personally, but yet it's also, I think, important to share it because it reveals the timing. It confirms all these other dates that I've just given. And this goes back to the summer of 1998 and I wish I had written down the exact date as best I can reconstruct it. I think it was early August, maybe August the 1st. At that time I would have been 39 and a half and I was out and about on a bright sunny day and the Lord just started showing me and told me a word that I've thought about a million times since then he told me that I was at the midpoint of my life and just so that you know that I didn't just imagine this it didn't come from my own imagination I'm gonna read this it's a short word that he gave me but there's no way that I came up with this because what he said to me was you are now at the midpoint of your life and the value of the first half of your life compared to the value of the second half of your life is like the value of water compared to the value of blood and the cost that you paid in the first half of your life compared to the cost you will pay in the second half of your life will be like the cost of water compared to the cost of blood I now have over 20 years of hindsight to look back on that word and I can say without any doubt that it has been happening exactly as he said so I have every reason to believe that that's going to be uh, true for the remaining years as well now what's interesting too about that word is since I was 39 and a half if I add 39 and a half to that if that was truly meant to be taken literally and I believe it was 39 and a half plus 39 and a half is 79 and I'll be 79 in February of 2038 so just the fact that I would still be here in the year 2038 even early 2038 is enough to tell me that the Lord's not coming back in 2028 as many people are talking about today and that timing fits perfectly with what Ali saw in the year 2037 Obama returning to office and soon after great trouble in our nation and what the scriptures already warn us about increased persecution of Christians because I was already shown previously back in 1993 that I would eventually be killed as a martyr and according to the scriptures so will many other people so in summary when I got that word from Port Bear about the transformation of the world by 2036, uh, based on everything God had shown me, based on the 38 things that I found in the Bible that must happen before the Lord returns, 
I believe he heard correctly. And as I mentioned, the history of the last 18 and a half years also confirms that he heard correctly. So I believe we're going to see uh, the landscape of the whole world changed in our government, in our economy, and in the religions of the world as the stage is set for the rise of this man of sin. But great news is God's already drawn the boundaries around Satan's plans and this Antichrist scheme. It's only going to be for a very brief time. And even during those days, the righteous will always prevail over every circumstance. And despite all the changes coming upon the world and all the trouble coming upon the world, it's going to be some of the greatest days we've ever seen and some of the greatest things the, the world has ever seen, which is what was revealed to the prophet Joel. He saw a remnant arising, which he called a people great and strong, the like of whom has never been, nor will there ever be any such after them, even for many successive generations. That's Joel chapter 2, verse 2. So there are some very great days ahead. It's nothing to dread. It's just good for us to know what time it is and to not be misled by all those voices out there telling us on the one hand it's happening next month and on the other hand it's never going to happen in the next 200 years. No, God's making it clear to us so we can know exactly where he is, where we are on the prophetic timeline and be positioned where he wants us to be. Whether that means staying put where we are or if he directs us to go live somewhere else. But whatever it is, we want to be rightly aligned with him doing the things that he puts in us to do. And it's only going to be a very little while in the overall scheme of things. Blink your eyes a few times and all these years are going to go by and we have a tremendous bright future ahead. Thank you God. So thanks for joining me today and I hope to be back again soon with another program. Until then, so long. <laughs>